Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome to Grounded. Grounded is a podcast about how to become stable and grounded, although the world is in this huge transition phase, and I believe it's going to continue for a decade. The people who can survive and thrive, even in a time like this, are people who are lashed to an unchanging reality. They have a system of thinking, they have a system of living, and of taking action, and that is what holds them steady. So that's what I want to talk about. I think grounding involves four things. First of all, you need a narrative. You need a narrative that is, uh, it answers the questions, and you really believe your narrative. You've, you've poked holes at it, you've tried to uh, make sure it's true, and you have, to the best of your ability, decided this narrative, this story, is the truth about the world. This is really the kind of world we live in. This is who I am as a human. And then that, you know, that gives you the beginning of your stability. That's your first of four legs. The second one is a mindset. Based on those thoughts, you have to really believe what you believe about that story. And you you build an attitude. You build an emotional baseline state in your mind, there's a mindset that you develop based on your narrative. This is still just preparation, and it leads you to the next part of your life, and that's your actions. Your third level is the network that you belong to, the human, the relational human network that you are now part of uh, is your third stabilizer in life. So choose your network wisely. You know, if you surround yourself with with out-of-control people, and they're your friends, they have influence on you, and they're going to take you out of control. So if you want to be stable, and you want to be steady and strong and keep your life moving, even when it's like a shaky time, you need, you need a solid core of friends. And it's not just friends for you. It's you being a friend to them. You know, you making a contribution to a high-quality network. There are people there that you are there to serve and add value to them, and that is your third stabilizer. Number four is the body of work that is your life. Because at the end of days, we have created a body of work. Now, I'm the first job in my body of work, which is Project Chuck Quinley. And I want myself to grow intellectually, morally, ethically, creatively. You know, I don't want to stop growing and I want to be, I want to be good. I want to be a valuable, quality person on the earth, and that's not going to happen on autopilot. I have to make that happen. So, you know, we run into a, a limit on what we can do ourselves, but praise God, uh, we, we are the children of God, and he wants to help us move ahead, and he helps us in so many ways, and we can talk about that. But the point is, uh, my life is a body of work. And I'm the first job, but I'm not the only job. I've also got, in my case, the job of being a good marriage partner, building a marriage. That's the second word. Building a family, not just a, you know, a family that lives in the same house together, but a family that is a tribe, a powerful tribe of people. That's what I want Quinley's to be. And I've done everything I can do up to this point in my life to make that happen. And now I'm rolling into the grandfather level of, you know, trying to be a good tribal patriarch and pass down strength and protection and open doors and 
you have wisdom and just be there and be an extra set of hands when uh, our kids, you know, got an extra heavy load. Uh, keep a good example. Uh, be a sounding board, a third party. You know, it does take a tribe to raise children. And so, you know, there's that part of my work. And then there's all the things that I want to apply my energies to, the actions that I take on a daily basis. They're, they're projects that I'm working on. Some are creative projects. Some are uh, people whose lives I want to make better. And I, I target them for benevolence. And I just say, I want to help this kid get ahead in life. And you can get behind somebody and literally rewrite the story of their life. And there are so many ways to do that by getting involved. So those are four things. I'll do them in reverse. The body of work that is my life, the network, the human network that I am part of. Uh, secondly, my mindset, and it's all built on narrative. Narrative. Narrative is where we're going to start. So the you know what is narrative? Let's just have this episode about that. This won't be uh, so long, but I want to. I just wanted to lay down that beginning of what this podcast will be about and what narrative is really all about and why it's so important. Um, I am a gypsy. Sherry and I travel about every three months. We're in an entirely different country typically. And when you travel as much as we do, uh, I open my eyes many times and it's like, what is happening? Where am I? And I have to talk to myself. Okay. You're in like today, you're in Portland, uh, and I can tell the story. It's like, okay, so this is real, and I am here, and now I know what to do. I step out into this this world. But sometimes I'm in a dream. I'm asleep at night. Things are happening, and I have to know in my context, in my mind, you're having a dream. And you can do that even in your dreams. You need to know the narrative. What's the truth about this story that I'm in because, you know, we were all, um, if you missed my video about being creatures, that's the first stage of building a narrative because we have to know if our narrative is true. You know, is this a party that I'm at? Is this, uh, is it Halloween or does everybody dress like this every single day? What kind of world is this that I'm in? Um, and so you need one piece of information that you know, that you know, that you know is true. And you can argue all you want about religion and about, uh, you know, nationalism and what your uh, national mythology is and your family mythology. And, and we'll get into all of that. But the one thing that is true without dispute, no matter what your religion is, no matter what your culture is, is this one fact. We are all creatures. Everyone you will ever see in your life is not the original. We are creatures. We were made by someone else, by our mom and dad. And that someone else is a creature. And the creature means you've been created by someone else. And you just keep doing that back. Now, eventually we get to the original. But at the level we're at, all of us just opened our eyes and we were here. And that is at least the starting point. We all know that we are creatures, not just humans, 
every animal that you will see, every plant, every peach that you eat, every everything. You're never going to see the original of anything. All things are creatures. Everything is being made by another creature all the way back. And if we will follow this string, it will take us to our second fact is that there is a creator. And, uh, you know, that's been something that was just accepted in all cultures until 200 years ago. And they started saying, oh, no, there's no creator. We just happened. It's just a crazy cosmic accident. So, well, that accident has to keep happening every day because you can't keep life sustained on planet Earth without an endless supply of daily miracles because all of these coincidences have to take place every day or we get destroyed in a million different ways. I mean, it's a very vulnerable thing to be a little planet out in space pelted with radiation and having hundreds of thousands of meteors uh, hit your hit your atmosphere every day. It's like we're being protected and we're being allowed to live. And you can you can argue it. You know, actually today it's it's almost we know so much that it's ridiculous to even argue that there's not some kind of design, ongoing design behind everything. Now, humans being stubborn, they don't want to say that's God. So now you, the new acceptable thing to say, which would have been the end of your career 30 years ago, but now it's actually an acceptable counter theories to say, no, there's not a God. There are aliens. We were created by aliens because at least they have to acknowledge we're not originals. We are all creatures. We've been created and we're being sustained somehow. So for me, I'm just going to take that as the beginning of my narrative. I'm not in a dream. I'm not a simulation. I'm a creature, though. I opened my eyes, kind of like Pinocchio. You were crafted by someone else and given the gift of life. So that's the beginning of our quest to build a personal narrative, a true story about life in this world. To be able to say, I didn't create myself, I've been created. Now, so my question, which I think ought to be an automatic question, is what should be the posture of a creature toward their creator? That's all I want to know. If I'm a creature, how should I feel toward my creator? And a lot of people seem to just be angry at the creator because the world isn't a cream puff every single day. But for me, I just want to know my creator and I want to be grateful because I appreciate life. I'm happy for my gift of life and my life is a blessing to me and my life is a mysterious opportunity. I have a certain set of gifts and I have a certain set of handicaps. I have a dozen things wrong with me. And they've always been wrong with me, and I don't think they can be fixed or even should be. Uh, and so that that strengths mix plus my weakness mix, it limits me and it boosts me and it opens up a whole huge opportunity for me to go into my life and say, I could live this kind of life. And now, you know, I I believe I have free will. And on top, you know, so on top of my giftedness, this is my narrative. I have the ability to choose what I want to do. I can take things up, put them down. I can love, I can hate, 
it's on me. I can take charge of my life. I can drive my life in the center of the road carefully, or I can drive my life off a cliff. I have that ability and I've used it in many different ways that are counterproductive and productive. So that's another step in my, in my personal theory of the narrative of my life. But you need to settle this. It, this may seem like, um, you know, just a, a frivolous exercise, but it's not. Our narrative is being fought over. There's a war all about the narrative. This is, uh, I mean, real wars are fought with stories. Uh, Israel and Palestine right now. You know, it's just the, the story war of who's the villain, who's the righteous one, who had a right to do what they're doing. And it's like the best story wins. You know, the most powerful story doesn't even mean it's right. There's whole people who all they do for a living is narratives. They just spin stories. They just twist and turn any fact you give them. They can turn it into a counter story and go the other way. Narrative is so powerful. If you think that uh, your mother favored your sister, that all your memories are going to be about how your mother favored your sister, uh, and you're going to prove it. Everything about your mind is going to prove that that is the reality. But if you believe that your life is a glorious blessing and that despite your parents' many failings, um, they loved you and they did they did what they could for you. And that it's enough. That's not the end of my story. My story is now, today, what am I doing with my life? You decide, this is the whole thing. You're in charge of your narrative. It's your life story. And your life story is either this horrible tragedy or it's this limited opportunity that's like, oh gosh, I just can't because of this and this and this, and I've got all these hindrances. Or you're one of those people who says, life is awesome. My life is awesome. And I've got these powers and I know I can make this happen. And you're just going to go, you're going to go live a big life. I want you to live a big life. That's what this whole thing's about being grounded because I believe in building big people. It's the whole purpose of my life. It's why I'm here. I want to be a big person and I want you to be a big person. And I want to do anything I can to help you get boosted. So it starts with this, and that is build a narrative. I believe that the Bible is the oldest, I believe it's the oldest story that we have as humans. The oldest recorded story. It's got the origin of the world story. It, it's here to give us a narrative and a, uh, a faithful narrative and a very kind of contemporary, amazing narrative. There's all these things in the Bible's narrative about what kind of universe this is that people in the last 200 years when we got into the science age, they got all embarrassed about it. And it's like, oh, skip over that part. That's just weird. And now those are the parts we're going back to going, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's in the Bible already. So yeah, it's a narrative. And, and I want to take you kind of carefully in the next few podcasts I want to take you through really the most, if you want to understand the Bible, not just the Bible, if you want to understand this world, you need to understand Genesis 1 through 3. And I'd say all the way to 1 through 12. Uh, those are the most important chapters in the Bible. It is the foundation of everything that is going to be revealed from cover to cover in this 
masterful narrative story. 80% of the Bible is story because humans are storytelling animals. We, uh, you know, the, the other parts of creation, the other members of the animal kingdom, they have, um, what's that called? Instinct. They have instinct. It's built into them. It just tells them what they are to do. Humans, we're not so instinctive. Even like the instinct to, uh, you say there's a mothering instinct. Well, there's some pretty bad moms out there. Uh, instinct to live, survival instinct. Humans actually take their life by the millions. So I don't, I don't know that we so much have instincts, but what we do have is story. Story is how humans survive. And I'm going to do a whole podcast just on the code language that the Bible is written in, and you need to understand it. And once you understand it, you'll read the Bible differently from that point on. But this is just a run-up to it. The point of the exercise is to build a narrative. If you get the right narrative, it will interpret the circumstances of your life and what's going on around you. You will see it clearly. It's like a, it's a pair of glasses that you can use to look at reality, and all of a sudden everything is sharp, it's all in focus, and it helps you know what to do next. So we're started on our journey. I hope you'll stick with me for this. Uh, I'm dedicated. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to go slowly because I think this next year is going to be a year of gray tumult. And we are going to be pushed around a lot. And some people are going to double their anxiety meds and they're just going to have so much despair and they're going to they're going to sit and doom scroll all day long. But other people are going to just build a great life. Even in this time, you say, even in a hard, yes, even in a hard time. You can do it if your narrative gives you the first bit of foundation so that you look at things, you see them hopeful, you see them uh, realistic, but you understand the pieces, you know the game, you know how this place works, and you know what you can do to win. And your narrative will teach you all of this, the purpose of your life, your role in this world, it's all in your narrative. And that's why it's not a small thing. It's the foundation of everything else that is to come. So let's get started building our narrative. And we're going to dive into Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Um, and we're going to have another podcast about the code language that the Bible is written in. So stick around and check out our other videos.